Hello and welcome to Moki's Birth School Online. Our free classes cover all aspects of pregnancy, birth and beyond with experts who can answer all of your questions. Classes will take place twice a week but you will also be able to discuss any subject on Moki's Helping Mums Facebook group. You will also be able to listen back to each session on this podcast. Do get in touch if you have any comments or questions. Please email us helpingmums at moki.eu. In this episode, Sophie Martin, otherwise known as the infertile midwife, talks about how to have a healthy pregnancy. Welcome to this session on how to have a healthy pregnancy. Today we're going to talk about how you can um, look after yourself during pregnancy. So we'll cover diet, exercise, vaccinations, managing stress and also having healthy sleep. So we've got quite a lot to cover but we'll start off with diet. So it's really important that you fuel your body with lovely healthy food during your pregnancy as this is going to give you and your baby energy and it's going to help build all of those cells in your baby's body. It is a myth that you need to eat for two whilst you're pregnant even if you're pregnant with twins but it is very common for pregnant women to feel more hungry. So please eat your hunger, but you definitely don't have to overeat. In the third trimester, we recommend that you eat an extra 200 calories a day, which is roughly the same as a small banana. So it's not a huge amount. Now a balanced diet should consist of plenty of fresh fruit and vegetables. And please make sure that you wash them before you eat your fruit and vegetables. Now, eating lots of lovely fresh fruit and veg will help avoid constipation as they contain lots of fibre. Now, constipation is very, very common during pregnancy. So just make sure that you're eating lots of lovely fresh fruit and vegetables and also drinking plenty of water. So at least two litres a day and two litres a day. And that should help you um, go regularly rather than be a little bit blocked up. Carbohydrates are also really help, really good to eat while you're pregnant. So try to eat whole meal and whole grain carbohydrates as these keep you fuller for longer and stop you getting spikes in your blood sugars. Protein, again, vital to eat while you're pregnant. So there are plenty of ways to get protein into your diet, such as meat and fish, or if you're a vegetarian, then please eat lots of beans, pulses and nuts. Now, in terms of meat whilst you're pregnant, it must be cooked through. So no raw or rare meat whilst you're pregnant. And this is due to the risk of something called toxoplasmosis. So things like ham, cooked ham are absolutely fine, but you need to be really careful with cold cured meats. So that's things like salami, chorizo, um, parma ham, all things like that. So they're fine if they've been cooked, so if you had some nice salami on a pizza, then that's absolutely fine. But if they're raw, then they can contain parasites, which could cause toxoplasmosis. Other meats to avoid are liver and pate products. And this does include vegetarian pate as well. And the reason that we say to avoid these foods is because they are high in vitamin A, which can be harmful to your baby. You should also abstain, abstain from game meats. So that's things like pheasant or partridge because they may contain small pieces of the shot and that can be made of lead, which again can be harmful for the baby. So please try and avoid those. And then as for fish, try to eat two portions of fish a week. 
including one portion of oily fish. So that's fishes like salmon and mackerel. But try not to have two, more than two portions of these oily fishes as they can contain a buildup of toxins. Now there are some fishes that you should avoid and they're the deep sea fishes. So things like swordfish, swordfish, shark or marlin. Now they're not very common in the UK so actually you, you probably won't see those when you're doing your weekly shop but um, please try and avoid those fishes. Now like the meat we say nothing rare or nothing raw but there are a couple of exceptions with the fish. So smoked salmon is fine and also sushi. You can have sushi as long as the fish was frozen beforehand and so always check when you're buying sushi that the fish was frozen and if it's not been frozen then please don't eat it. We also say to limit the amount of tuna that you eat. Now it's actually quite a lot of tuna and um, so you can have two fresh steaks a week or you can have four cans of tuna a week so that is that is quite a lot of tuna. Now tuna doesn't count as an oily fish so you could have your tuna as well as your salmon and mackerel. And the reason that we say to limit the amount of tuna is because tuna is actually a really big fish um, and the bigger fishes tend to have a much higher level of mercury um, because they've eaten all the smaller fishes and that's not so great for the baby. Another excellent source of protein is eggs. Now the recommendation for eggs is um, to eat eggs which have got the British red lion stamp on them. So that's like a little red stamp that looks like a lion. And this means that they're much less likely to have salmonella, which can make you unwell. So with the eggs that have got that British Red Lion stamp on them, you can have those eggs with a runny yolk, or you can have them in a homemade mayonnaise, um, because they have less likely to make you unwell with the salmonella. However, if you've got an egg that doesn't have the Red Lion stamp on it, you can still eat it, but both the egg whites and the yolk have to be cooked until they're solid. So most of the eggs that you buy in supermarkets actually are made or have got that red line stamp on it. And also most of the shop-bought mayonnaises again will be, um, won't have raw egg in. But it's if you're going out for meals in restaurants, then check with the mayonnaise, whether it's got raw eggs in it. And if it has, does the um, egg, will the eggs have the red line stamp on it? Also, if you buy your eggs from farm shops or directly from the farm, again, they might not have the red lion stamp on it. So if you're going to eat those eggs, they have to be cooked through. And that's just, again, to avoid salmonella, which can make you poorly. Now, dairy products are really great to eat while you're pregnant. Now, it is safe to eat them as well, but there's a few rules that you need to follow. So hard cheeses like cheddar, they're absolutely fine to eat during pregnancy. Soft cheeses, they're also okay, as long as they've been pasteurised. So things like mozzarella, cream cheese, ricotta, all of those things are absolutely fine to eat as long as they've been pasteurised. Now, if you wanted to eat a soft cheese that hasn't been pasteurised, we recommend to cook it thoroughly. So if you had a nice unpasteurised mozzarella or a nice unpasteurised um, goat's cheese, we'd recommend that it's cooked through. So again, you know, if you're having it on a pizza and it's cooked till it's piping hot, that's absolutely fine. The same goes for blue cheeses or soft rind cheeses. Again, try and avoid them unless they've been cooked. And the reason that we say this is because there is a risk of listeria, which can cause miscarriage or stillbirth. So we definitely would rather you either um, avoided it if it's not been pasteurised or cooked it thoroughly. 
Now, a couple of other foods to avoid whilst you're pregnant are caffeine. So try to limit this to no more than 200 milligrams a day. But also remember that caffeine isn't just in teas and coffees, it's also in chocolate bars and fizzy drinks. So if you're being really good and avoiding your tea and coffee, but then you're having lots of chocolate bars and fizzy drinks, actually you might find that you're going over your caffeine limit as well. So just be really mindful of that. And then also some herbal teas do have um, caffeine in as well. And we recommend no more than four herbal teas a day. And then finally, alcohol. So we do know that drinking high levels of alcohol during a pregnancy can be harmful for your baby as well. Now that's quite a lot of do's and don'ts. So I always say to recommend, and I always recommend looking on the NHS Choices website. And the, if you just type into Google foods to avoid during pregnancy, or NHS Choices, Pregnancy Foods, it will come up. And it's got a really nice website which details all of the things I've just mentioned about the foods that you should and shouldn't eat whilst you're pregnant as well. Now, in terms of supplements or vitamins, um, you should be able to get most of vitamins from your diet, but there's two supplements that we recommend during the pregnancy. The first one is folic acid. So please take 400 micrograms of folic acid if you're trying to conceive and then keep taking that all the way up until you're 12 weeks pregnant. So this is to reduce the risk of your baby getting defects of the spine or the neural tubes, which is um, which houses your spinal cord. Um, and then the second supplement is vitamin D. Now pregnant women or women who are breastfeeding should be taking 10 micrograms of vitamin D per day. So they are the only two supplements you need. Now a lot of mums feel that they have to buy special pregnancy supplements um, or they feel that they should be um, yeah, particular brands, which can be really expensive. But in actual fact, you only need the vitamin D and the folic acid. And then if you are going to take a pregnancy supplement, make sure you've got one that doesn't have vitamin A in because we don't recommend that, as I previously mentioned. Um, but just the folic acid and vitamin D. So a lot of places you can buy that combined. And then after 12 weeks, you only need to carry on with the vitamin D. Now, it's not going to do you any harm to take a multivitamin throughout the pregnancy, but don't feel like you need to because the only two things you need are the folic acid for the first 12 weeks and then your vitamin D afterwards. So let's talk about exercise. Now, exercise is a fantastic way of having a healthy pregnancy for you and your baby. Firstly, always listen to your body. It is really important that you don't overdo it and rest if you're tired. So the best way to engage, to engage if the exercise is appropriate is how out of breath you are. Now, ideally, we would like you to still be able to talk through the exercise. So we would rather that the intensity was a little bit lower. Now, if you're used to doing really high level activity, then that's fine to carry on. But you might, have, you might find that you're having to make adjustments as the pregnancy progresses. If you haven't done high level exercises prior to pregnancy, then this definitely is not the time to take them up. Stick to more gentle exercises. If you're planning on taking any classes, it's always super important to let the instructor know that you're pregnant because they'll be able to tailor the exercises for you. You may also be aware that in the third trimester, we don't want you to sleep on your back and I'm going to go through that in a little bit more detail in a minute but the same goes for exercising so please don't lay flat on your back especially in the third trimester as this can make you feel really breathless. 
Also not recommended to take part in contact sports whilst you're pregnant. Obviously we don't want you getting any knocks to your tummy. Um, my favourite exercises to recommend during pregnancy um, are swimming, walking and yoga. And the reason for this is because they are gentle, but they're also really sustainable. So they're the sort of exercise that you'll be able to do all the way from the first trimester to the end of the third trimester. Um, and they, they're really good for, um, yeah, that lower intensity, but maintenance essentially. So um, it's very rare that people will carry on with high level activity all the way through, but these more gentle exercises are really lovely. And also things like pregnancy yoga can be a lovely way to meet other ladies going through a similar thing to you. Now, one exercise that is incredibly important during pregnancy is your pelvic floor exercises. So your pelvic floor is the muscle that looks like a sling or a hammock, and it starts at the front at your pubic bone, and then it goes all the way back to your spine. And it helps support your uterus and your bladder and the other um, organs in your pelvis. It also helps with sexual intercourse and also your continence. So that's um, being able to hold going to the toilet. So whilst you're pregnant, your pelvic floor is under a lot of pressure. So it's holding up a baby and we don't want it to get too weak. So please make sure that you're doing your pelvic floor exercises every day. And that's throughout pregnancy and actually beyond. So really all women should be doing pelvic floor exercises every day, regardless of they're pregnant, regardless of whether they've ever been pregnant, they are really, really important exercises. Now there's lots of ways to describe them, but the way I describe doing a pelvic floor exercise is to imagine that you've got a drinking straw in your vagina. And what you're trying to do is suck something up through that straw. So you're drawing up and in. So once you've done that, so you probably have to have a little think and a practice of that, but you're trying to suck something up through that straw. And then we also want to squeeze your bottom at the same time as if you're trying to stop yourself from passing wind. So you're squeezing at the front and then you're bringing it all the way around to the back. And that's um, engaging that whole sling muscle. Try not to tense your tummy muscles at the same time. I definitely find that very difficult. I always try and tense my tummy muscles. Have to tell myself not to. Now, this exercise does say, take some practice to get the hang of it. Um, but it really is one of the most beneficial exercises you can do. Now, there are two types of exercise that we recommend. And that we do, I just call them the fast and the slow ones. So the fast exercises are where you're clenching and then releasing very quickly. So you're pulling up and in and then pulling in your back passage as well. And then you release. Then you're going to have a pause before you do the next one. And then there's the slower ones, which is where you're clenching and you're pulling up and in, but you're trying to hold it for up to 10 seconds. Now, if it's your first time doing pelvic floor exercises, it's very unlikely you'll be able to hold it for 10 seconds. Probably only able to hold it for a couple of seconds, which is fine, but just keep practicing and building it up. So with those slower ones, you're gonna pull up at the front. So you're gonna suck up through that straw um, and then you're gonna hold your back passage at the same time. And you're gonna try and hold that for as long as you can, up to 10 seconds but not using your tummy muscles. And then you're gonna fully relax all of those muscles before you do the next one. So that's the slow exercise. So the quick one is just clenching and releasing. The slower one is clenching and holding for up to 10 seconds. Now, ideally you want to be doing 10 of the quick ones and 10 of the slow ones. I mean, if you could do it three times a day, that would be fantastic. But you know, even once a day doing 10 quick and 10 slow would be great. 
Um, I also really love, there's a good app which is called Squeezy um, and it's made by the NHS uh, and the Women's Health Physios help design it and it's just a couple of pounds to download and what it does, it reminds you to do your pelvic floor exercises. Also it's got some really good visualisation um, bits to help you kind of engage those muscles. I think sometimes locating that muscle can be a real challenge and um, so that's a really good app and I do recommend that to ladies that I look after as well just to I think sometimes popping, having that reminder to pop up on your phone to say, right, do some pelvic floor exercises um, is a really a good reminder. I, obviously I'm a midwife, but I, I have a little thing of whenever I say the word pelvic floor exercise, I try and do the exercises. So when you're a midwife, that is hundreds of times a day. But um, for most people, you might not mention the word pelvic floor exercise. So having it pop up on your phone is such a good reminder. And you can never regret doing pelvic floor exercises. They are so, so good for you. And as I mentioned before, your continence, they aid your sexual function. Um, they're really good for giving birth. So that muscle helps get the baby into the nice position, helps expel your baby. So it is an absolute fantastic muscle and um, a lot of yoga and pilates will also engage that muscle as well and um, so you might find that um, when you're going to those classes that your instructor is helping you engage that muscle too so um, please 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 do your pelvic floor exercises and they are for life not just for baby and um, so you should be doing them for your whole whole life regardless of whether you're pregnant breastfeeding whether you've never had a baby all of those things please do your pelvic floor exercises now let's talk a little bit about vaccinations so there are two vaccinations which are recommended during pregnancy and they are both free. So the first one is the flu vaccine. I'm sure lots of you have heard about this. Um, so it's available in flu season, so not at the moment. But when it comes to October time, please ask your GP, your pharmacist or your midwife about this. Um, so you can pop to your GP, but a lot of pharmacists um, will give it to you without an appointment as well. It is safe to have during pregnancy and the reason that we recommend that you have this is because pregnant women have a lower immune system so if you got flu well you're a little bit more likely to get flu whilst you're pregnant and if you did get it whilst you're pregnant you're likely to be more unwell with it so we do recommend you get that vaccine. The second vaccine is the whooping cough vaccine which is sometimes known as pertussis and now this vaccine is actually to protect the baby. So the flu vaccine is to protect you. The whooping cough vaccine is to protect the baby. Now whooping cough is very common in the UK and actually cases are rising as well. And it can be really serious in newborn babies. It can make them very, very poorly. So the reason that we recommend you get the vaccine is because you will make antibodies, which are then passed to the baby. So your baby has a small level of protection until they are old enough to get their own vaccine, which is at eight weeks old. So you can have the whooping cough vaccine anytime from 16 weeks all the way until 32 weeks of pregnancy. So you've got a really big window to get it. And again, ask your midwife or your GP about getting that vaccine. But um, yeah, really important to think about having these vaccines because whooping cough um, cases are rising and newborn babies are becoming very poorly if they do catch it. Now I wanted to mention about managing stress and anxiety as part of having a healthy pregnancy. So up to one in five women will develop mental health disorders either during pregnancy or within the first year after birth. So that is quite a lot. Now things like depression, anxiety and low mood are all very common and part of this as well. So although there is you know that 
that often seen image that you'll be glowing and enjoying every second of your pregnancy or enjoying every moment with your newborn baby. We know that that isn't the case for everyone. So yes, there will be some joyous moments, but there also will be some challenging moments as well. Now there's some things that you can do to really help kind of bolster your mental health. Exercise is actually a really great way and I've just obviously spoken about exercise. Now exercise is a really good way of producing endorphins, which can help manage stress and anxiety. Mindfulness is also another really useful way of helping with your mental health. There are lots of different ways you can do this. So some people will just do it themselves at home. People use apps, all sorts of things. And um, so meditation, mindfulness, all those sorts of things. And actually often it's about putting in the hard work. So getting into the habit of doing it, whether it's once a day for five minutes, whether it's a couple of times a week, whatever works for your routine. But I think you get the best out of it when you put the most into it. Also, I would, always recommend speaking to your midwife or your doctor if you're struggling with your mental health and um, you really don't have to experience this alone and there are so many fantastic resources out there to help support you one of them is a service called iapt which stands for increasing access to psychological therapies and um, again this is a free service which you self-refer to and they provide talking therapies and they always prioritize pregnant women so to access this, just type into Google IAPT and then the area that you live in, because all mental health services are provided by the area you live in. And so you find out, you'll find out the IAPT for your area, then you fill out the self-referral form um, and you don't have to put on the referral usually any details of why you're struggling. You normally just put your name and address and then they contact you and will do a, an assessment to work out what sort of therapy or what sort of counselling they can offer you. So it's a really, really great service. Obviously, if you're struggling prior to pregnancy with mental health, always tell your midwife because there's lots and lots of, um, there's a big kind of drive to support women with mental health at pregnancy at the moment. Um, and it could be that they have a specialist midwife that they could, could caseload you, or they might have some special services that they could offer you. So please, please, please tell your midwife if you are struggling. And then finally, the last thing I wanted to talk about is sleep. Make sure that you're prioritizing good sleep. You are growing another human being. So that is hard work. And um, so it's really important that you get good quality sleep. So we'll just talk a little bit about kind of sleep hygiene. So try and avoid using your phones or your iPads in the hours close to bedtime. If you're finding it difficult to sleep, that's a really easy thing that you can do. Um, and try and get into like a bedtime routine as well because that really helps your brain realise that it's time to go to sleep. Avoiding caffeinated drinks close to bedtime is a must as well. Now, in terms of sleeping positions, I kind of briefly mentioned it before, but I'll just go into it a bit more detail. In the third trimester, we really want you to sleep on your side and ideally on your left-hand side. Now, the reason for that is because when you lay flat on your back and you're in the third trimester, your womb is quite large and it presses down on your big blood vessels, which means that you will end up getting less oxygen. So it means that you feel dizzy and lightheaded. So if you lay on your side, especially your left side, you're freeing up those big blood vessels and you've got really good oxygen supply. Now, I totally understand that if you're continually sleeping on one side, especially at the end of the third trimester, it can make your hips really sore. 
um, and it can make you really, really uncomfortable. So if that's the case, it is fine to sleep on the other side for a bit. I know a lot of women worry because um, you'll read everywhere, it says sleep on the left side, sleep on the left side, which is true. Ideally, we would like you to sleep on the left side. But if it's going to give you lots and lots of pain in your hips, then sleep on your right side for a little bit. Also, a lot of women worry because they might wake up on their back. And actually, that's fine. Please don't beat yourself up. Just roll over onto your side. The research shows that the most important thing is the position that you go to sleep in rather than the position that you wake up in. So if you do just wake up on your back, just roll over onto your side. Now, I always say you need lots of support and pillows if you are going to sleep on your side. Um, so whether it's pillows in between your knees or behind your back, um, or whether you're using one of those lovely pregnancy pillows as well to give you some nice support under your tummy, whatever it is, make sure that you've got plenty of cushions to give you that support, especially around your hips, because that can be the, the bit that gets nice and sore. Um, so really important that you're prioritising sleep, that you've got good sleep hygiene, because as I said, growing a baby is hard work. Um, and then also make sure that you're not sleeping flat on your back, especially in the third trimester. So that is everything for this session. It's quite a detailed one. We've covered quite a lot. But the NHS Choices website really is full of all fantastic information to help you have a healthy pregnancy um, or if you wanted to kind of read up a little bit more. So remember that you are doing a brilliant job and that you're trying your hardest. So just give yourself a massive pat on the back. Thanks for listening. And for more information on the next class, please visit our website or email us helpingmums at moki.eu. Thank you.